Welcome to the Life of Christ Series 4, Term 1. This is Lesson 2. We are going to continue where we left off on page 19. Uh, we were looking at Luke chapter 5 and verse 12, and just made the comment that because of the nature of the leprosy, this man doesn't speak of being healed as much as being made clean. Because it was quite simply a dirty disease, and to be healed also meant to be cleansed. So that's why, notice he says, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. It's interesting he didn't say, you can make me whole, or you can heal me. He needed to be cleansed. Isn't that interesting? To continue, we'll go next to the Gospel of Mark, since it has a little bit more detail about what happened next than the other Gospel accounts. And in Mark chapter 1 and verse 41, it says here, Then Jesus, watch this, moved with compassion. Religious leaders aren't moved with compassion as much as they're moved with judgment, you know, um, and criticism. But Jesus isn't like the religious people that this man has met. And it says that Jesus moved with compassion. And this is again the reason why I said it was really important that we follow His example. Whenever we see a situation, we need to not back off and go, what did you do wrong? We need to, our first response should be compassion. Amen? That doesn't mean we ignore the problem, or we ignore what might have caused it. Remember when, when it was the man at the pool of Bethesda, remember he heals him, but then he says, go and sin no more. But notice he healed him first. Okay? He didn't say, now listen, let me counsel you. And let me see, you know, if you decide, if you, if you assure me you're not going to do, you know, whatever that thing was again, then we can ask God to heal you. Alright, it was really interesting that he healed him, and then after that he said, don't sin anymore, because a worse thing could come upon you. Alright? But again, notice Jesus does the same thing here. He's moved with compassion. He doesn't have this religious mentality. Straight away, he's moved with compassion. Watch this, stretched out his hand and touched him. I can almost see the leper backing off. (laughs) Think about this, because he has got used to people backing off. Nobody wants to touch him. Let alone him touch anybody else. No one wants to come close enough to even you know, be at arm's reach. And, uh, you know, I could, uh, <laughs> uh, sorry, this is, where, this is how my mind works. But you know, I could see a scene here where Jesus is standing there and this man is full of leprosy. It's not like there was a clean spot Jesus could touch. Do you understand why it's so important we get the details? Because we could say, well, he wasn't full of leprosy. There's a spot that Jesus could touch that you know, might have been not affected or something. This guy was full of leprosy. There was no place to touch him. And so, you could see, I mean, I could just see the scene where Jesus begins to move forward. And he's going, what, are you going to hit me or what? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and Jesus stretches out his arm. I mean, the only time anybody would have stretched out their arm to this guy is to whack him one with a stick or something. Not even with their hand. And so he's seeing something happening, and I could just imagine that he sees it, and his first reaction would have been, are you, you, what are you doing? But then the second reaction would have been, he'd see the compassion in Jesus. If I was to reach my hand out, you'd, the first thing you would notice is my hand, but the second thing you'd do is look at me to see what the intention of my hand is. Get it? Okay, I want you to catch this now. So he's, he's looking at the first thing would have been his hand, the second thing would have been his face. And he would have realized, this man isn't out to hurt me. He's got compassion in his eyes. Get it? Alright, 
sorry, you need to see all of this because this is something extraordinary that is going on. Then Jesus, moved with compassion, stretched out his hand and touched him. So what was the question? Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus said to him, I am willing, be cleansed. Wow. Now, Matthew and Luke record the identical thing, which I think is very important as well. There was no variation in what Jesus said. Why is this so important? Because that's the answer you're always going to get from God. God, are you willing? And He'll always say, yes, I'm willing. Now the devil will come and try to do everything he can to make it look like God isn't willing. So if something isn't working, what we need to do is check out and see on our end what's wrong. It's not on God's end, it's somewhere on our end. Something is happening that we're not seeing. Are you all with me? Amen? Alright. This is the only gospel that speaks of the Lord's compassion, that's Mark's gospel, towards this man. And that's what it was that motivated him to stretch out his hand and touch him. William Hendrickson writes, One stands amazed at the number of times this compassion of Jesus, this tenderness or outpouring of his heart in words and deeds of sympathy is mentioned in the Gospels. He is constantly taking the condition of the afflicted ones to heart. Think about that for a minute. See, he doesn't just look at, look at it as an opportunity to show off his power. He always looks at it as somebody needs help. I'm here. I'll do something about it. Amen? I need you to see this. Living in the midst of a people who were placing all the emphasis on legal trivialities, which was true especially for the leaders, he stands out as the one whose emphasis is on the weightier matters of the law, justice, mercy, and fidelity, or faith, or faithfulness. The sorrows of the people are his own sorrows. He dearly and intensely loves the burdened ones, and is eager to help them. Why? Because in the beginning, God created man in his image after his likeness. And this is what disease has done to his image and his likeness. Are you getting this? See, we need to see society does this now. Society says, well, they're the, the rich and famous, they're the down and out. You know, they, they just kind of separate people out. Yeah. All right? God doesn't. God sees everybody and says, they're all in my image after my likeness. They were all meant to be extraordinary. I think about this. Can we, let's take a minute, okay? <laughs> in a perfect world, what would have happened? We, we, there would not have been social security. And, and, and Medicare and stuff, we would have all been after His image, after His likeness. God only knows what all we would be doing right now. Creating a planet here and a solar system there. And try, you know what I'm trying to say? We would have been at a place where we would have been exercising faith and walking in a place of power and dominion in this universe. Remember again that God gave authority to us. See, we miss something. We miss this. So I'm going to give this to you now. If you can catch it, catch it. Okay. When God said, let him have dominion, 
he was talking about not just this planet, because in time we would have left this planet. So what would happen then? Oh, we can't leave the planet because we only have dominion here. Okay? Now NASA is looking everywhere for life. Interesting, they can't find it. They just can't find it. In fact, now they have measured it and worked out that in order for life to exist, there are all these conditions that need to be met, and they can't find those conditions anywhere. Isn't that something? So Star Trek and everything? It's just not true. Now, why is that so important? I'm making a point here. The point is this, we're the first ones here. We weren't just to have dominion over this planet, this was our realm. God didn't put us somewhere where there was a whole bunch of other things out there. And we're going to have problems with them, <laughs> okay, down the road. And they're going to say, you stay on your planet, we'll stay on ours. That was not going to happen. Listen to me. God created us after His image, after His likeness, and we were to start by populating this earth. Can I say this? And we were to go on to populate the rest of this universe. We were never meant to stand still. Because one of the, one of the um, words in the Hebrew that actually, when he said, have dominion, you know when he said subdue it? That actually talks about maths and science and all the things that would allow us to then create whatever it is that we needed to get off this planet. Wow, we would have been explorers out there, not that, you know, meddling in this, this mess that we're in right now. Okay, now, I, why did I say all that? Okay, God can see what He planned for us from the beginning. Okay, so He, follow me if you can, okay, do the best you can. Alright, alternate reality, the thing that should have happened. Mankind would have been in his image, in his likeness, having his thoughts, having his ideas, coming up with things that would have just blown our mind today. It would have been you know, engineering feats that would have just baffled anyone. And it would have been things that would have allowed us to just progress. And there wouldn't have been, listen to me now, there wouldn't have been one leper, one person with cancer... One person with bad memory. One person who couldn't do his job right. Follow me. Everybody would have had God's image and likeness, but had a gift. And they would have all been working in unity and in harmony. And so, let's say they built a ship, and they were on it. And there was all these people that were manning you know, different positions within the ship. And they were exploring God's universe, because He put it out there for us to explore you're with me. It would have been our playground. Alright, so there's the alternate reality. Let's do a what if. What if that was meant to happen? And then suddenly, somebody goes back in time and changes something. And your brilliant engineer is now down there a leper. In a society that is constantly in fear. And, and has all sorts of crazy ideas about how God created them, and was constantly blaming God for everything. And instead of doing what they were meant to do, you, you look at this person, and you go, you, didn't, you have no idea what you were meant to be doing. You have no idea. In the, you know, had you seen that person in all of their quote-unquote glory, and then suddenly you are transported to this, uh, this place and this time. And it's the same person. You go, 
What happened? And you hear one word, sin. Genesis 3 happened. This is the result. This man was never meant to be down here in all of this mess. That was his job. That's what he was meant to be doing. Somewhere in another galaxy, somewhere exploring and doing amazing things. Okay, now I've given you a different view. How would you approach this man now? Would you be yelling unclean? If he asked you, if you're willing, you'd make me clean. What would your response be? Exactly Jesus' response. You'd just reach out, grab him and say, Be clean! Because you're never meant to be here. I know what your future was. I know what your destiny was. I'm giving you something to, you know, I'm playing with you a little bit, but I want you to get this. See, as people see outcasts, God sees how He made them, what their end was meant to be, and what a mess it has all turned out to be. And so He comes back. Wouldn't you want to redeem people back to that? If you saw that kind of a future, if you saw what you had planned and designed, and then you saw this mess here, what would your first instinct be? Go and fix it. Oh, am I the only one here? Okay. okay. <laughs> wouldn't, you, wouldn't that be your first instinct? Oh my God, I know what you're meant to do. This is not what you're meant to do. You've seen all the movies, right? You know, they go, we've got to fix this. This is not right anymore. Welcome to redemption. Welcome to God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life, be restored to the place they were meant to be. Get it? Hmm. Maybe you're getting it. Because only then will you attack disease, will you attack everything that the enemy does with a passion. Or in this case, compassion. Amen? Because you see what they were meant to do. And you go, this is not your life. And they say, I don't know anything else. I do. That's why we ask people to give their life to God. Because He sees what He designed you to be. It was something extraordinary. And while you're messing around in the dirt... And trying to, you know, do your own thing. God's saying, you have no idea what I designed and destined for you to be. If you just let go. Amen? Okay, I think we're there. So now you understand why why William Hendrickson says, The sorrows of the people are his own sorrows. He dearly and intensely loves the burdened ones and is eager to help them. Do you get that now? See... Our job isn't just to go find all the down and outs and have this co-dependent relationship where we'll feed you and you make us feel important. and None of that stuff. If you, know, if you want to go into counseling and do that stuff, don't go into counseling, man. Yeah. Go get counseled. Yeah. But there are so many people out there trying to find value in their life by helping somebody else's life and getting them dependent on them. That's, right. That's bad. That's not, this, this doesn't work that way. Amen? What you are to do is restore them so that they can go help somebody else, not become dependent on you. Amen. Alright, so, in relation to touching this leper, the Spirit-Filled Life Bible states, Jesus touched the leper, exhibiting an authority over both the disease and the law. Okay, this is important. 
he exhibits an authority over both the disease and the law which prohibited such physical contact with the leper. See, this is, this is what's going to be the real problem and why all the religious leaders are not going to even consider that a man was healed, but that a law was broken. How sad is that? William MacDonald explains that to touch a leper was dangerous medically, defiling religiously, and degrading socially. Three strikes. But the Savior contracted no defilement. Instead, there surged into the body of the leper a cascade of healing and health. And it drove out everything that was in there. Amen. Notice also that Jesus had to stretch out his hand, meaning that this man was trying to keep his distance. All right, because it says he stretched his hand out. Like I said, I reckon this man backed off because he would. That would be the natural thing. You're a leper. You don't want the person trying to heal you get leprosy. No, both of you got to go find okay food and, and everything. All right, okay. But he did. He, you know, again, this is the difference. Religion is scared to touch things because of if an, if they touch an unclean thing, they're worried they'd become unclean because it's all about them. But God is the other way. He goes to look for unclean things because he wants it to go the other way. He wants a clean thing to touch an unclean thing and make the unclean thing clean. I've said he just couldn't imagine anyone other than other lepers who would ever want to touch him on purpose. And it says that Jesus moved with compassion, stretched out his hand and touched him. Robert H. Mounts writes, According to rabbinical practices, it was illegal even to greet a leper in an open place. Watch this. This, this, is, this is the religion of the time. Are you, are you ready for this? Priests often ran and hid. <laughs> wow. Isn't that something? Alright, so priests often ran and hid themselves upon seeing a leper in the distance. I mean, if they even saw one, one of these guys. So can you see how this was so shocking to the leper that Jesus didn't run and hide? And above all of that, he reaches out and touches him. I mean, this is just blowing this guy's mind right now. Added to this, Arkent Hughes says that rabbinical teaching also said that lepers had to remain at least 100 cubits, it's about 45 meters away, if they were un, uh, upwind, and 400 cubits, oh, you had to check the wind, okay? Or about 180 meters if downwind. Even if a leper simply stuck his head inside a house, it was pronounced unclean. This is the religious society they lived in. Okay? And you can understand why people have so much trouble with religion. Welcome to the club, so do I. Amen? See, this is, this is you know, one of our greatest enemies is actually religion. Absolutely. It is one of our greatest enemies. It was Jesus' greatest enemy. It wasn't the sinner's that crucified him. Religion crucified him. So that's how paranoid these people were, and how rejected and ostracized all the lepers were at the time. But that was certainly not the case with Jesus. In fact, Arkent Hughes cites Bishop Westcott as saying that the word touch expresses more than superficial contact. It is often translated to take hold of. Listen now. Jesus, at the very least, placed his hand firmly on the leper. 
he declared war on leprosy and declared war on anything and everything that the devil had done to mankind. He declared war on it. And we need to do the same thing. See, we're still playing with this. You know? We still have options. <laughs> okay? You know, it's like a lion if it's running towards you. There's no options. You run. Unless you have a gun. Okay? <laughs> then the lion should run. But the thing is, you know, uh, if you're in a burning house, you don't say, now, hmm, I wonder whether I should go or not. Leave, dude, you're going to burn alive. There are no options. See, this is the, again the thing that we, we, we play with this. Faith doesn't play with things like this. Faith just attacks the thing. Head on. And we need to learn to do that. That needs to be our attitude and our mentality when it comes to anything that the enemy is doing. Instead of judgment. Amen? Attack the thing. Head on. Alright. And then as William Hendrickson puts it, one moment the man was full of leprosy. <laughs> The next moment, not a speck of the disease was left. Isn't that incredible? All right. He puts, I, I would love to have seen that. And we need to show that. We need to show something extraordinary. I know I want to make movies and stuff, but we need to do that, man. We need to, we, you need to see this guy, and he needs to be full of leprosy. It needs to be like, oh dear Jesus, what, what's this? Is there a man under there? Okay, we, we, need to, you know, it, we need to get this right. Full of leprosy, remember again? Full of leprosy. He didn't have a bit of here and there, he was just full of it, okay? And can you imagine the things that, that disease would have done to attack the body, and how much healing had to go into play in order to bring this person back to where his fingers were back out? Remember how the, the disease absorbs Limbs and does things, crazy things. Are you getting this? Not only was his skin cleansed, we'd, you know, things started coming back out. That would have been incredible to see. And so, Mark chapter 1 verse 42 goes in to say, that as soon as he had spoken, those, that's, those are the words, I am willing, be cleansed. Immediately, I'm on the next page, immediately the leprosy left him. Now this is identical to what Luke says, indicating that the disease was now gone. And he was cleansed, or immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Alright, Matthew actually puts it that way. Indicating that everything unclean that resulted from the disease, the smell, everything was also gone. Now that's a miracle in itself. I mean, not only did he get cleansed, he got deodorant as well. <laughs> okay? He came out smelling like roses. Listen to me. This is really important. Because everything that the devil brings has, not only visually, okay, uh, identifiable, but it stinks too. Okay, and if, if you're caught up in something that is bad and it stinks, when you get healed, you won't stink anymore. I'm not just talking metaphorically either, okay? I mean, something will happen that will restore you. And this is why this is such an incredible miracle. That not only was he cleansed, but everything about him 
was fixed. Smells and all. See, it's interesting that Jesus... We're going to read it. Let me just read verse 43. Because I, sh- I want to show you what he didn't say. All right? And he strictly warned him or charged him and sent him away at once and said to him, see that you say nothing to anyone. Now, we're going to come back to it because I've, I've got a, a, um, a, a quote I want to read before this. Notice Jesus didn't say, go home and take a bath. Isn't that interesting? We miss the significance of how much healing went into play. How much of the power of God went to work on this man. I want you to get this. This guy wasn't just healed. Remember he said, he, see that it was interesting, his, his, his request wasn't that you, that you heal me. He said, cleanse me. That you make me clean. So Jesus had to heal him and clean him. So he said, okay man, you, you asked for all of that, you can have it all. What's the lesson learned? Ask everything. Okay, just throw it out there. See what comes back. <laughs> okay, no, that's not faith. But you know, you know, you need to, you know we've got to stop doing this. We've got to stop asking religiously. How did Jesus say to approach God? As an intellectual, with all the limitations. No. He said, approach him like a child. Do you know a kid doesn't have any idea what the limitations are? I remember one preacher, and we'll finish with this story really quickly. (laughs) They were praying for a boat. Okay, so mommy and daddy wanted one boat, the kids wanted something different. Okay, and so, so you know, mommy and daddy, you know, because, you know, we're, we, we pray limitations. We, we just do it automatically. Because you know why? We got told growing up, uh, not that I'm in any aspirations to our growing up, but uh, generally speaking, growing up, okay? D- growing up, we, we were told, you can't have everything. You have to decide. Okay, <laughs> okay? And so that happens. So we, we, you know, as we grow up, those limitations continue on. It's always about you can't have everything. So you've got to make a decision between this or that. Funny thing was God said, whatever you ask, even if you have to make it, I'll make it, you can have it. Just ask. So, so what happens is, these, you know, mommy and daddy pray, and they said, let's all pray and agree that God's perfect provision comes about. Okay? So you know, mom and dad are thinking, okay God, you know, we don't know whether we need to get this or that, so whatever you decide. Well, what do you think happens? Because the kids agreed now, but they prayed a different prayer because something very funny happened. They got two boats. So, so, the, so one of the parents went to God and said, uh, what's the deal? We asked for one, we got two. And God said it took two to fill the request. He said, your kids didn't put any limitations on it like you did. They didn't know. They said, God, give mommy and daddy what they want and give us what we want. Thank you. Amen. <laughs> and guess what? They got both. Do you understand what I'm saying here? He didn't just say, heal me. He said, clean me up. I need to be healed and clean because I want to go back home. I don't want my kid running up to me and going, Woo, dad, Woo, we're ripe today. 
<laughs> yeah, you know what I'm trying to say? And the dog comes up and goes, stiff, stiff, oh, forget this. <laughs> I'm smelling that. No, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm playing with you. But do you understand? Do you understand what Jesus did was restore him back to that place where he could go back home and they could hug him and he could hug them. And after that, he could take a bath. Amen? All right. So, as our, we'll finish with this. As R. Kent Hughes so wonderfully puts it, the healing was sudden and complete. His feet, toeless, ulcerated stubs were suddenly whole, bursting his shrunken sandals. The knobs on his hands grew fingers before his very eyes. Back came his hair, eyebrows, eyelashes. Under his hair were ears, and before him, a nose. His skin was supple and soft. Can you hear the man crying, Not unclean, unclean, but I am clean, I am clean. Amen? Amen. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. Let's finish off there for today.